Welcome to Call Out Like I See It, presented by Disruption Now. I'm James Keyes, and today we would like to discuss what we see in the risks of using the internet to inform yourself on a topic, the negativity that seems to thrive on social media and traditional media, or in, in traditional media, and whether Clarence Thomas gets shortchanged when it comes to recognizing the achievements of Black Americans, notably in Black History Month, which we're in right now. We released a culture series episode going in on the 48 Laws of Power a couple days ago. So if you haven't checked that out, you know, definitely you should get into that. That was very interesting. Joining me today is the honored and respected man who adopted Law 16 of the 48 Laws of Power on social media, Tunde Ogunlana. Tunde, have I said too much? I think so, man. <laughs> oh, man, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't want to blow up your spot, man. I'm sorry. Nah, it's all good. <laughs> all right. Now, we're recording this on February 23rd. 2020. And we wanted to start today with the tragic story we saw in an article on NBC News and the lessons, hopefully, that can be learned from that, because it's really a tragedy. It it really went into uh, a woman who wanted to do a home birth, you know, no medical intervention or anything like that, and used internet chat rooms and, and various publications online to educate herself on it. And and immersed herself in a community where that's what people were doing and that's all people were discussing and discussing medical professionals or medical advice was forbidden and so forth. And she actually gave birth eventually to a stillborn child. She had gone way over 40, I think she was 45. at 43. And, um, yeah, 45 weeks, sorry, yeah. And you know, well over the, the normal 40 uh, medical advice says, I think if you get to 42, you have to yep. induce. And, you know, it had a very traumatic delivery experience as well and eventually had to go to the hospital but i mean it's 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 terrible to hear that you know and you know but but what were your takeaway because what really stood out to me was just how it is hard i, I mentioned this sometimes like it's, it's hard to get informed on an issue researching it yourself on the internet it's not impossible but the internet doesn't give you a lot of times ways to get conflicting information and get to understand different arguments on the same point. So what, what stood out to you on this? Story um, yeah, no, this was a real sad story, I think. And, um, you know, at first I, I came into reading it, looking at the headline one way, but in reading it, it just opened up so many of these doors about psychology and, and um, confirmation bias and how we develop kind of our mindsets develop from experiences that happened earlier in life. So it got, cause it got back to, you know, her experience from like when she was a child in doctor's offices and, and yeah, not, not yeah. being comfortable. And, 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 and then as a teenager, you know, when she had to go visit the OBGYN, I'm sure as a, you know, 14, 15 year old girl, it was uncomfortable and, and intimidating. And then as an adult, she felt so, here's a woman that already was from her life experience, already susceptible to mistrusting the traditional medical kind of community for whatever those mm-hmm. reasons are. And then, um, you know, she finds an online community and there's a there's a quote I highlighted here, which it says uh, from the article, it says, with a little help from algorithms that nudged increasingly questionable information and sources her way, Judith had become a part of the Internet's most extreme pregnancy communities. So it's just like it's, it's like we're saying with, you know, she probably started looking at some sites out of curiosity because mm-hmm. she was uncomfortable with the hospital thing and all that, and maybe says, "Okay, well, let me see if I wanted to do this at home." I mean, that's kind of what I got out of the um, what I what I got out of the article more so was this kind of crept into her mind. It's not like she yeah. got pregnant and was like, "I'm gonna do this." Da-da. It was okay. The history of knowing she had her own experiences that seemed to be negative in hospital and kind of the the, the traditional medical you know, her experience which with you, traditional medicine. You could say. 
Huh. You could say that that primed Correct. her, yeah. you know, that primed her for, you know, like the, 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 for messages that she Correct. ultimately and, received. And, and that's where I feel like, you know, then, you know, I, I joke, Jimmy, about being cynical and all this and, and that I got off social media. I stopped watching cable news. I, I kind of changed the way I interact with, with the Internet and with, with all this stuff a lot. And this, this article reminded me of why I did that. And because, mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah, that's why I love how they put it here in the article with a little help from algorithms that nudged increasingly questionable informations and sources her way. I mean, that's a great line because that's what happens. Because she probably started clicking on certain things, the algorithms put more of that stuff in her face. And then it causes her to look at more stuff. And then it puts more, you know, so it's like this feeding frenzy of BS. But it's like, I feel like as society now, we almost need to like add a class in the school for future generations of just how to consume the internet. Because yeah. people don't understand how all this stuff gets into our faces. And then the fact that we're being, you know, that's when I go back to the confirmation side of, sorry, let me restate that, confirmation bias side of our psychology. Because what happened is those, those algorithms began to confirm the bias that she already had that traditional medicine is to be mistrusted. And yes. then the feeling of community. Well, that's the point. Yeah. That's what the algorithms want to do because confirmation bias, by presenting you with information that it believes is what you want to hear, it, that makes you feel no, good. I agree. That's what we learned about confirmation. And so the algorithm wants you to, the algorithm, just for, for completeness, wants you to stay on the website or on the, they want you to stay in Facebook. So they're going to keep showing you as much stuff that they think makes you feel good as possible. And they judge that based on what you look at. And so, yeah, it, it takes you into this down a spiral, basically, where all you're going to see is one side of something. And that's actually my, my, my perspective on this is, you know, obviously going to, to be in view of my profession, which is an attorney. And one of the things that I think we get right, or at least right to the extent that we can as human beings, is the adversarial system. That each side has somebody that's supposed to argue that side because the, the danger that I see here always is that with the internet, when you're getting information on the internet, you, at, you type in things to look, you, your search strings or whatever, and then what you look at is going to be fed back to you more. That stuff's going to be fed back to you. It's really difficult to get both sides of any issue. Now, some issues may not have both sides. You know, like if you're looking up, you know, racism, you know, like there may not be, you know, the side of why racism is cool, you know, but a lot of things... There are two sides. So like in this case, for example, like pregnancy throughout human history and birth has been one of the more dangerous things that women could do, you know. And so modern medicine has strived to make that more safe. Now, and I'm one that that doesn't have I don't have blanket trust in uh, the medical establishment, you know, particularly the for profit side of it. But at the same time, I recognize they do have a role, you know, and so. Anything I look at, I'm trying to look at both sides. I'm trying to find both sides when they say, okay, well, is this necessary? Okay, well, let me see why they say it's necessary. Let me see why the people who say it's not necessary. That's really difficult to do unless you make the extra effort. And that's contra to human nature. Human nature is, oh, they said, this is what I was thinking. They said it. Oh, somebody else said it. Oh, this is great. This is exactly what I was thinking. This is exactly what I want to hear. And then you stop. And with your health, that can be risky because- there's there's a lot of conflicting information, not always because it's sinister. We just don't know that well how the human body works. You know, like it, it, we know a lot. Of, we know some cause and effect. We know different things. Uh, you sent me an article this week. They still don't really can't explain why you sleep. You sleep, excuse me. 
And so it was just so limited information there. And so I, I, I wanted to, you know, I'll throw it back to you, but I just wanted to get that point in that it's the, the, the danger I see is just that there's no way to challenge your beliefs. You've actually suggested something on that where after so many in one, you know, to one direction, the, 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 the algorithm should have to kick you something that is that, that, that is an opposing point of view. Now that may get, you may then close the, the, the website and they, they lose you. But nonetheless, that's really the risk is that it's so hard to get unbiased or not. Un, nothing's unbiased, but it's hard to get to be able to understand all sides of an issue. Yeah, no. And I think this is where my cynicism crops back up, which is uh, it's, it's sad that I think we're just going to be more polarized as a society unless we really regulate this. And, yeah. you know, this is an example where regulations are important to a certain extent because people are hurting themselves like this article speaks to. I mean, the article does a good job, too, of saying, you know, look, we don't know if the baby would have been born, stillborn, had she done everything the traditional way. But the way that the article reads, this baby probably died in her belly because of the way she went with her pregnancy. Um, it, it's just, I mean, that's my opinion in reading this thing, the, the way that, um, that she handled it. And it goes back to... And the reason I say about polarization is because you're right. I mean, this is how people deal with politics, right? So you get caught up in the rabbit hole of thoughts of political beliefs um, and that your side is right for whatever reason and the other side is so wrong. And that's what, you know, that's why I fear that with this technology and the ability of these algorithms to keep people, you know, this confirmation bias side of our brains alive and strong constantly without any ability to challenge um, anyone's view on something is why we have so much disinformation out there. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, we talked about that. Remember we talked about that this stuff is demand-driven. Like, people yeah. want the, the disinformation. The question, or the, the, the request is, just tell me what I want to hear. And the internet makes that possible. You know, whereas yeah. if there's three news channels, it's not really possible to just tell a certain segment of people exactly what they want to hear, whether it's true or not. You know, and so we end up in a situation now where, you know, with, with medical stuff, with, with political stuff, where it, we are enabled to live in our own realities that can be detached from reality. But in this case in particular, like we've talked about, you know, different things as fasting, different things with, um, you know, just different types of, of diets and things like that, keto diet. Like all of these things are susceptible to this where there's truth in, this, in these cases, there's generally truth on both sides, you know, like it's so, but it's a matter of trying to blend all that truth together and then be able to make an informed decision. That's not to say that everybody has to do the same thing, but can you make an informed decision on knowing the risks? Because a lot of times, if you're looking, for example, at the, uh, at the, the, the home birth uh, websites, they may not detail all of the risks for you because, and again, this is where you get back to the adversarial system. If one side was saying you should go to the, the hospital and the other side is saying that you should do it at home and they both explain to you their reasoning. The one side, the, 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 the home birth people don't have to tell you the risks because they're just going to tell you the benefits. And yeah. then the hospital people can actually explain to you the risks, but you get all the information. It may be too much to ask to ask one person to give you both sides because that's, again, not how our minds are wired. And so, again, the legal system takes that and says, okay, we'll, we'll put somebody on each side. I don't know how we do it um, you know, in, in society well, at large, but it's, I, you're right, it's a problem. I don't know either, and I think this is, again, and I've said it on various shows where just technology is moving faster than I think we are evolving as humans. Like, we, we're talking about some important psychological things like, like 
you know, emotion and the fact that this 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 woman who they call Judy in the article had negative experiences as a child that and, and a younger person that probably hardwired some emotional fear about the traditional medical system into her brain. Like, how do you? How, and that's where I I, I I understand your point when you say it's demand driven. This whole internet thing, but. Because that's the human brain that wants to believe something, right? Yeah. But yeah. I feel like it's also manipulated as well because those, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg and others, leaders in the tech community understand how to manipulate that susceptibility of our mind. So it's a little bit of an unfair uh, game when, when just the random person out there goes online because, yes, w- with maybe better education about how our minds work, we'd be able to maybe, you know, uh, uh, stop ourselves from going down too many rabbit holes. Probably most not. Of us, Probably yeah, not. and you're right. And, and most of us aren't, you know, most people aren't going to be sitting here reading books about psychology and all that. And also, again, there's different times for different periods of your life, like we talked about in the last segment with, um, with 48 Laws. You know, I'm a much more mature person today than when I first read that book, so I got different things out of it. Um, there's a time in my life when I was a teenager, I wouldn't have understood all this psychological stuff. So it, it, that's where I feel like these tech companies should be regulated in a certain way where they cannot, they shouldn't be able to allow things like this to continue to permeate. Because when you look at this, how this lady got ginned up on some of this stuff, she went to a, a Facebook group that it says had 46,000 followers, a million downloads on their podcast, and is being hosted by a 35-year-old woman in California Who's got no medical credentials or history at all? Yeah. So basically, it's like it's like I'm in I'm in financial services, for example. I've got a license. If I just had a website and I just started giving stock advice and just saying buy this because I said so, at some point the SEC and FINRA are going to show up and say, "Dude, you can't be giving this advice without a license." <laughs> and so that's my point. Like, how do we allow a woman sitting there in her house that has no medical background to? To have a, a private Facebook group with 46,000 women that are taking maternal uh, advice, like medical advice on how to give birth from her. And that, that's kind of what I'm saying is this is, this, this is kind of screwed up that this is allowed. And, um, and so. Well, you I, have to be careful not to su- suppress speech, you know, no, on I, one I get hand. It. Um, like I agree with you. Because, there, is, because, there, there needs to be some somewhere. There needs to be accountability somewhere. I mean, yeah, like, because, and, that's, and I'll, I'll add to your point real quick, and I'll, and I'll then I'll shut up. But the the thing with the social media companies, and like this can't be said often enough. We are the marks. We being society, you know, like we're the marks here, and they are basically looking at us as the susceptible ones, as the fools, as a how can we manipulate these people to stay on our platforms as much as possible? Oh, okay, I know how we can manipulate these people to stay on our, our platforms. We'll just show them things they want to see. We'll judge based on what they're looking at, show them what they want to see. So we're the marks. So there needs to be some type of regulation. Now, I don't think that anyone to speak needs to have some type of certification, but there needs somewhere there needs to be accountability somewhere. And so, and that part is the part we haven't figured out yet. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, I, I don't have that answer either. And I think you're right. Accountability, even before the word regulation, is, is probably the most important thing. And and that's what it is. I mean, it's 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 because that I see it all kind of as a big, you know, stew or a soup that that has a bunch of different ingredients and it's just stirred up. There's no there's no one answer as to why things like this take place. Um, but we could we could give these examples in so many other slivers of life, not just like medicine or just specific a child birthing. Um, 
I was thinking about and reading some of this, like that Alex Jones guy with Infowars. Yeah. You know, it's like people want to believe so much in conspiracy theories and all this that that a guy like that was allowed to have a platform and almost be legitimized like he was like he was, uh, you know, a factual truth teller. Um, and the the uh, if you look at it, like I'm looking at some of the quotes I highlighted, she says, just calculating all the exp- experience I've had with doctors, Judith said, I never felt heard. I never felt listened to. And what it gets into is this group allowed her to have a community. You know, those yeah. are the things that yeah. I, I got out of this. Like, and it's the same with the people that listen to Alex Jones or some of this, you know, the conspiratorial stuff. Like, what happens is you feel part of something. Yeah. It's almost like a gang, right? It's, it goes back to the basic human stuff. And that's what I mean when I say I'm on my rant a lot about the technologies moving faster than, we than human handle, evolution yeah. because yeah. we still have these basic needs. Yeah, but the ability to now be manipulated by, you know, and I don't want to pick on you know Zuckerberg well, look, man, only, but like, just the, the leaders of the industry of technology that want to manipulate is 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 it's it's right there. Well, and, you know, interesting, yo, I, I just thought of something like the <clears throat> the forty eight laws pointed out how you know how often or that, like throughout history there have been charlatans and con men for you know forever, yeah. and that's not to say that the the free birth people are this, but it does. Alex Jones, for example, it does provide a mechanism for them to broadcast their message infinitesimally. Like Correct, they can get yeah. their message everywhere, and they know those people. They've always been there. They know how to manipulate people, and now they can get their information out. You know, and, and you know, like they can get it out easily and and bring people in. And and one thing I do want to mention though, like with these groups, like there are people that successfully did the the, the home birth. Yeah, so it's not no. you know it's not to say that they are all wrong. My only issue is just that. It, when I read this, it doesn't feel like it doesn't seem like she made a decision based on all of the information that may be yeah. available. She made a decision based on the information she wanted to see, but she never had a chance to see. Okay, well, here are some of the risks um, soberly, you know. Like, and and maybe that would if she would have saw that stuff and said, you know, I don't care, then great. You know, everybody has the right to make mistakes. You know, so. Yeah. But if you, if my concern is just that we get cornered off. And then we don't get all the information, and then we're making decisions based on half truths, or I shouldn't say half truths, maybe only some of the truths, not all of the truths. And then you make decisions like that, and then if society at large is being hurt by that, then it becomes all of our interests. And so that's really the thing, the takeaway to me, you know, is just that how can we get people to have to 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 at least be exposed to things that, that that may not be they they just oh everything you do is okay everything you do is right like how can we expose people to that stuff in a way that you know is effective you know that, that our society can use um you know like we're gonna stick on the internet for the next topic and that's just like everybody knows this you know like but internet is toxic man like <laughs> you you sent me this story i mean this is another tragedy um, we have this, uh, this, the, 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 the host of, of Love Island, you know, over in the UK committing suicide and specifically saying that this has to do with, you know, how, how she's being treated by people, yeah. um, you know, primarily online. I mean, what are we doing here, man? Like, how in the world have we given all the haters in the world community and, mic- and megaphones? <laughs> like, well, I mean, it's called, it's called giving people online access and, and Twitter and Facebook accounts and Instagram and all that. I mean, that's how you, you, you do it, right? You, you have this, um, this, 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 this new universe or hub called the Internet where it allows everybody in and they all have freedom of, of expression and freedom of speech. So 
Um, and I make that comment not judging the freedom of expression or speech, just saying that when you allow this, this stuff happens, unfortunately. Um, and and yeah, it goes back this to... This is part of freedom. This is part yeah, of freedom. I mean, I mean, like and, that it's, and, it's, and it's ugly sometimes. And, yeah. and I think, uh, just like they say, democracy is messy, you know, and... and I think it goes back to part one when we were talking uh, about the, the 48 Laws of Power book and some of those chapters. And, um, and you know, that we talked about the, the emotion of envy and how a lot of people bring other people down uh, with the modern tool of the Internet. Let's call it that way. I mean, envy is not something new. But again, the ability of the Internet to speed up uh, the ability of, of communication and people to, to, to interact with one another can cause a lot of people with negative thoughts or emotions to then permeate one person's life. In this case, this person that unfortunately committed suicide, the TV personality. And the other thing I think we need to be, and this is where, you know, to me, a lot of things aren't that complicated in life. I mean, sometimes it's about having just empathy and understanding certain things. I mean, I tend to think that just, I think, we all do this, right? We compare, well, if I was in this position type of thing. So my first thought is, well, if I was getting harassed on the internet, I could handle it. I could just turn it off. Da da da. Now, is that fair when my whole life isn't in my, in my, my job, my income, my identity isn't, I'm not a celebrity. Yeah. So maybe if I was a celebrity, it wouldn't be that easy for me to turn it all off because that's kind of the air I breathe, right? That's what I do yeah. for a living. Yeah. I got to be online. I got to do this. I got to do this. But then there was a, another thing in the article that was just very important. Uh, it said that she had been suffering from depression. You know, she was clini cl clinically diagnosed. So that made me feel even more kind of empathetic for her because, you know, I'm not dealing with the issues of depression. So maybe it would be a lot easier for me if people were poking at me online to turn it off or just to look the other way because I don't have that additional issue of mental depression. And so then it's like, I felt even like worse for her having gone through this. And it was understandable that someone that's already suffering depression might be driven to suicide by negative things that they are experiencing from other people. And yeah. so it was really sad. Um, and then there was the other one where... Um, well, I wanted to... One other thing on that, like, and, oh, yeah. and her name was Caroline Flack. Um, you know, like I think that this again goes to accountability like the things you do people do online or they can do online to each other they can't they, they wouldn't do in person generally yeah. um and so there's a lack of accountability and then also um the it, it, people have this has been rumbling around but just how defamation laws are set up and defamation is where you can sue somebody for saying things about you you know maliciously or you know particularly untrue uh things and when you're a public figure, the standard is very high, you know, like, and, and that's to protect all of us. You know, we don't want like Devin Nunez, the congressman out of California, makes it just goes and sues everybody for defamation. No, he's going to lose, but he just wants them to have to spend a bunch of money on attorneys, you know, so he'll for saying anything about him, you know, so and he's doing that to try to suppress speech. Whereas the law is set up now to make sure we don't suppress speech. If you accuse somebody of something, then we don't want them to just sue you. And be able to run you out of money, even though you would, if you could get to the finish line, you eventually would win. But it cost you a hundred grand to get there because they're just throwing throwing their weight behind you. And so that piece, as far as what you can do to stop people or bring some accountability to stop people from attacking each other relentlessly online, you know, I there there we need better solutions. This is another thing where you know the 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 people, the problem solvers in our society are going to have to come up and say, look, how can we 
make it a more a, a more social environment, a, le- a more hospitable environment for discourse and not suppress speech. Well, at the same time, lessen at least lessen the effects of the people who are there just to troll. And then yeah. the other thing about this was that it was noted that the mainstream media participated also in amplifying the trolls, yeah. you know, in this case. So that's something that is even more. And then and they, again, they find the same uh, comfort in the law as far as the, the, the high standard for defamation that, you know, media companies have that same thing. So, you know, but I know you were going to move to, to, but to I the think next it's one, yeah. different, um, too, because remember, that was in the UK. So I think they do have them, their media has slightly different um, laws as well. I was reading something that uh, struck out to me in that article that uh, made me realize that I don't know if our media would be allowed to get away with certain things that oh, they did. But, but, um, but no, the other one which I found um, intriguing was the story of that um, it's a much younger person, um, Billie Eilish. Um, who also said he's getting off of, um, uh, or she's getting off of internet with 55 million Twitter users or followers, sorry. Yeah. And um, it's, it's interesting because this is an 18-year-old, and this is something, this is why this article was interesting to me, because it made me realize that also, you know, the internet is a, is, it's like a public square. You can't see, though, the other people at the, uh, on, in the square. Yeah. So unlike, you know, it's traditional just human history where if you did have a big public square and people were yelling and talking stuff, I mean, number one, most people act a lot different when people know who they are and when they can be seen than when they're anonymous. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is you kind of know how to deal with someone when they're yelling at you or, or saying something, whether it's rude or not, uh, once you look at them, right? So I, like, like we said, we're in our 40s. So if I have an 18-year-old kid that says something coy to me or sly you know I, I, if I see them and I see it's a kid I'll be like alright whatever man you know whereas or let's say if I had a, a, a 83 year old saying something crazy to me I might just be able to brush it off as okay that's an old senile person I'll let it go but mm-hmm. when it's online you don't have that ability so I could see how everything that people are saying might bother you a certain way because your filter is not able to see where it's coming from so this 18-year-old kid who, who apparently is now getting off the internet um, says, uh, I'll, I'll quote here from the article, a problem is that a lot of it is really funny, talking about what he sees online, the trolling. I think that's the issue. I think that's why nobody really stops. I've experienced that. Growing up, I'd say things that people would laugh at, and later I'd realize that wasn't cool to say. And it's just funny, because it's like, here's an 18-year-old kid <laughs> saying that, and... Um, and I guess because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an entertainer, the problem is that I've wanted to stay in touch with the fans and keep talking to them, but people have ruined my life. The internet has ruined my life, so I stay off. And that kind of was sad to hear from an 18-year-old. Yeah, you well, know, I mean, like, it, but if you see these two articles <laughs> next to each other, like, it's not to say that uh, Billie Eilish is going to end up like uh, flacted, but Correct. it's like you can see that's what it's doing. And these are just entertainers. That's what like, I'm saying. That's these are, these like, people aren't like, aren't consequential to your life. Like you're not attacking someone who's put in you know, who's put in a policy that makes it so you you can't get health care or like these aren't people that are really affecting lives. But these people are catching. And so you know it's it's happening. Like a- we it's legend all the stuff that happens to AOC or uh, Omar. You know the the congressman in the uh, congresswoman in the squad from Minnesota online. It's legendary the things that are happening to them online. And it's like. This is this is what our society is basically. We've given the unhappy people, the the, the people who are all about tacking m- megaphones, and uh, uh, and an enemy, yeah, yeah. And an enemy. 
And one thing, I, to tie it back to our earlier discussion about 48 Laws, which again was our prior release uh, from this couple of days ago, Law 42. Remember when they talked about, and that's a strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Remember when yeah. they talked about what the Athenians did? Um, and back in like the, the 6th century BC, when every, you know, what was it, every year or so, they'd get together and whoever the troublemakers were, yeah, they would they banish them, them for that 10 sounds years. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Like, yo, this dude is stirring up trouble. Get him out of here. We're not going to yeah. kill you. We're not going to do all of But, yo, you just got to go, man. And But it was a very, like, inter- interesting way to deal with, like, yo, they were having the same problem we were having, we're having yeah. right now. And they're like, yo, these ringleaders of the trolls, get them up out the paint. We don't want to yeah, see these no, dudes for a while. And, yeah, but that's just, why it's sad because I'm looking at this young lady, Billie Eilish, who... You know, is 18 years old, and she's yeah. saying that basically, like, this has ruined my life. And she's saying, like, all I wanted to do was stay in touch with fans. You know, and I could see, like, a nice, naive 18 kid, right, that's, a, that's an entertainer that's having fun with her life and is, you know, not even at the, at the prime of her life because she's so young. She's, she's, like, just getting to, to becoming an adult. And um, here she is being run out of the Internet because people won't leave her alone in a negative way. And, yeah. um, you know, it's sad. It's, it's, that's what I mean by kind of... And I know we talked about this going back to part one with the with the forty laws, like like the haters gonna hate, you know, like yeah. And it's and that's the sad part. Like, what can this young lady do to appease these people that hate her? And it's really nothing, nothing, because yeah. they're 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 miserable people themselves. And like you said, this is nothing to do with anything in anyone's life. She's an entertainer. It's like when we talked about the John Boyega and the Meghan Markle stuff and all that. It's just yeah, it's the same thing. And 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 why do people need to? look at celebrities that have no bearing on their personal life and comment about them and tear them down. I don't know. Like, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it behooves me. Um, yeah. And yeah, even, yeah. So, even people I don't like that are celebrities, I don't tear them down. Like, I just turn them off. You know, I don't sit there well, and spend all my energy talking about someone I don't like. Like, what's the point that's of that? That's the thing. I like, too much stuff like, to do. <laughs> you've learned. Well, no, you've learned. As have I, that directing that 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 takes that saps your own energy. Know, directing like, all that yeah. towards somebody else that makes you less able to accomplish things you want to accomplish in your life because all your energy is spent hating on somebody else. Like yeah. so, that's counterproductive. And, and, it's, for and you. it's sad to say because it's hard to say this without sounding condescending, and and I don't mean to sound that way, but I guess I'm putting this warning out there because I guess I will is. You know, that says something about you and I, that we have a certain level of baseline happiness with ourselves and in our life. And that has nothing to do with money or, 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 or accumulating things. I'm talking about just as a human being, I'm content with me. So I don't need to be out there tearing someone else down in order to feel better about myself. And that's what you're saying, like about that kind of cancer. I feel like those are or people- that we've learned. I mean, or that we've learned that as a lesson. You know, like yeah. that, that's one or the other. I mean, I, I, I'm not dis- discounting what you're saying. I do want to get to the last piece yeah, go though, because um, you know the, the it is uh, Black History talking Month. About myself, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is Black History Month. Now we didn't do a special show for it, um, you know, because there's there's lots of content on the Black on Black History Month, and um, you know we got to consume some of it. It was you know it's been it's been always nice to try to learn something new um, as a part of of American history that gets pushed to the side a lot of times. So, you know, the black the month exists to say, okay, well, you know, we normally don't talk about this stuff enough. So let's highlight some things so at least we can give ourselves, again, a well-rounded understanding of things, you know? So um, one of the, the, the stories, actually this was written um, by a gentleman I'm familiar with, a guy I know, um, Ken Blackwell, uh, who was former mayor of Cincinnati. 
Uh, and he wrote uh, that, or he basically pointed out that he, he his belief that um, black conservatives don't get recognition during Black History Month. It's only blacks on the on the left, basically. And he pointed to Clarence Thomas and how Clarence Thomas uh, is overlooked when you talk Black History Month. You know, as the he's the second and, and he's a current black uh, Supreme Court justice. Um, but he's he's very conservative. You know, very uh, leaning on on that side. Not even a lean. I mean, he's he's all the way there. Um, and so he gets ridiculed from the black community and, you know, from the left in general. And so as a result, it seems like he gets left out of Black History Month celebrations and discussions and learning about him. And he had a, a there was a recent documentary created equal Clarence Thomas in his own words. And that, you know, told the story. And, and it had a lot of interviews with Clarence Thomas. And I mean, I thought he raised a good point. You know, like we, if this is Black History Month, this isn't about necessarily, you know, what where you where you are in a political spectrum. I mean, Clarence Thomas is a significant person in African-American history and black history. I mean, he is someone who rising to that level, coming from where he came from, or even forget where he came from, just in America, you know, where so many have been denied opportunities for so long for him to rise to the level he did is something we should take note of and applaud him for, you know, regardless of whether you agree with him, you know, from a political standpoint, again, we got to see each other's humanity, you know, and see that he had to struggle in, in a lot of ways that we try to highlight in black history month. You know, what was your take, man? Um, pretty much the same. I, I think, first of all, I, I didn't know until reading this, um, this article that he is uh, now the longest serving justice on the Supreme Court. I thought that was pretty interesting. And obviously, he's only the second black American ever to be appointed to the Supreme Court. So I agree with you. I think that um, this is where I do feel like uh, conservatives have a right to cry foul a lot of times when it comes to things like this, because you're right, he, he isn't highlighted. And, and um, if what the article says is factual, that he was not even um, highlighted in the African-American uh, History Museum until yeah. a lot of hay was made and they put a little honorable mention, I guess, of him in there. So I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, if you're talking about Black History Month and about black Americans overcoming the struggles of slavery and civil rights and, and, and um, or segregation and um, the struggles that we've had and we've seen, even up till recent times with, with the justice system and all that, um, I don't think it should be, it should exclude um, anyone because they don't uh, have a certain political thing. So that's where, um, that's where I think. No, no, that's understandable, man. That's understandable. Now, there is one thing that I wanted to ask about, um, you know, and this isn't necessarily his political, uh, where he comes down, but for someone that, like Clarence Thomas, who believes that there shouldn't be affirmative action, who some would say actively works against trying to move black for folks forward, um, do you think the resistance to honor him um, has merit at all? Like, and I, so I already said, I, I come down that we should, you know, honor him in that, in, 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 if we're talking black history, should there be caveats? Should there be like, how do we handle, because that is a delicate topic. If, if, if people do look at him and say, he's trying to roll us back. He's trying to take us back to the 1960s, um, you know, for, with his political views. Um, so is any of that warranted or how do you handle that? Because that does, that seems to be a tightrope where, you know, like, are we putting forth him in a way that we should aspire to that while at the same time, he, some people would say he's trying to kick the ladder out from under so nobody else can follow him. Um, I, I don't know, honestly, because I don't I, I have not followed him close enough to know that that's factual or not. If he's trying to kick the ladder from under black people. I mean, that's obviously a very glaring accusation for a black Supreme Court justice. So I'd really want to dig into that before I can comment on it. 
Um, my thing, but though, that conceptually, though, conceptually, like more so, the question is not specific to him, but in we're, when we're looking at Black History Month, like the, the, the same kind of if, if there was a black general in the Civil War on for the South who was great. Like, would we, should we discount that? Should we caveat that? And that, that's not the case. But I'm just saying, like, if we look at someone who, and when we, when we're looking at black history, if we look at someone who may, we, we may feel like was working against further empowerment or further equality um, or equal treatment, should we, should that go into the consideration at all is more so what I'm saying, not necessarily specific to his history. So, uh, you're asking me if Uncle Tom, the character, should be highlighted in Black History Month. <laughs> so, in a sense, I mean, yeah. And I'm not trying. That's what I'm saying. I'm no, not I trying know. to accuse him of that. No, I'm I know, just I'm saying not, that. So definitely, I'm, I'm not. I'm not putting. Uh, I'm not saying that of Clarence Thomas at all. So let me be clear yeah, about neither that. Am I just. I, I, just I, I was thinking, as you're saying it, of historical black figures that are famous for working against the interests of black people, and I can't think of any. So that's why I came up with the fictional character of Uncle Tom. So let's be clear there, but. I think I think to answer your question, my general answer would be no. I don't think anyone should be excluded if we're talking about Black history because history isn't always about what makes you feel good, right? It's that's you true. know, it's, it's if that's the case, then we should agree with those who want to say that the Civil War was about heritage, not slavery, right? Or or sorry, uh, it's about um, it was about economics and about all that stuff, not slavery. Or we should we should we should allow people you know that want to forget that the Holocaust happened to to allow them to say that because it doesn't feel good to 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 talk about the Holocaust having happened. So That's an I think point. That's I think point. that if we're gonna celebrate the role that Black Americans have played in the United States history, then whether one agrees or not, whether they were uh, you know whether they agreed with them or not, is less important than the role that they played to make them a historical figure. And I think that if looking at Clarence Thomas that way, I think he should be noted during this period of time if we're celebrating the accomplishments of black people in America because he is one of only two black Americans out of millions that have lived in this country um, who have ascended to you know, the throne of, of, of the highest court in the land. Um, yeah. And the second thing is now he's the longest serving um, of the current justices. So how do you not mention him? Is is And that's where I feel, that's why I said, this is where I think conservatives, when they have an ax to grind with kind of the liberal media, uh, quote unquote, you know, whether one believes it or not, is, is, is this is where I can see their argument with certain things. Why wouldn't you talk about a guy like him unless it was you didn't like that he's conservative? That's, yeah. Why wouldn't you include him other than that? Because he's done well, nothing I else mean, in but- his life. Like meaning he's not a Roy Moore who molested or a, what you know, um, Harvey Weinstein or or one of these guys that had you know I know he had the um, when he was um, what was it Anita Hill when, yes when he was being um, confirmed but that's that was more of the normal course of men woman BS than something like uh, Jeffrey Epstein that's what I'm saying like well, he doesn't seem they, to have something so egregious in his background that you could have well that's about. the that but that's the, the the distinction I would say is. Is that I don't think that it's about his status as a as a, a self-identifying conservative. I think people have a resentment or a distaste for him because of the things he he has done in terms of rulings he's made, opinions he's given, things like that. So I don't think it's just they're saying, "Oh, he's a conservative, so therefore I don't like him." I think it's saying he said this or he did this or this guy's trying to get well, rid yeah, of a that, That's action. what I'll say. So therefore, yeah, I'm uneducated so, but, about him in that way. I don't know about but, all his rulings and all that. Well, but I would say even with that, he still needs to be honored and discussed. 
And the reason being is that even that it, it go, goes to what you were saying as far as, you know, you don't erase history. Um, you don't deny history if you don't like it. But he becomes a teaching lesson also. Like how he got to where he is now is relevant to learn about. You know, how he became such a conservative, you know, he didn't start out that way necessarily. Um, the reasons he gives, they're thoughtful reasons, whether you disagree or agree. Those are things like, and this is where I always disagree with people. Like if, if someone has positions that they've come to in good faith, you should hear them out. You should try to understand where they're coming from. You can disagree and actually hearing them out allows you to formulate your responses on how you want to disagree. But you don't just say, oh, this person did this, so therefore I'm not going to listen or consider anything they're saying. Now, bad faith, you know, people that are just doing stuff for clicks or for money or whatever like that, that's a different story. But when somebody is thoughtful and comes to things if you, that you disagree with, you have to, in my view, you don't just cancel them. That's a, they're, they're, you know, this, this isn't a cancel thing where you say, oh, this guy, we're just not going to ride with this guy anymore. We're not going to honor him. So I think he should be included. And I think that we should um, use where he comes down on issues as a teaching moment. You know, yeah, so no, I yeah, agree. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so from that, you know, I was going to go ahead and, you know, we can close this one up. You know, like it, it, it was or it is something, though, that I thought was notable you know, as a black American, because that's a pretty serious accusation to say, hey, you're trying to erase me from black history month. It's like, whoa, like we shouldn't be doing that. You know, yeah, like that's not I agree. like that shouldn't be happening, you know. And so, and yeah, how he had to fight to get into the African history, American history museum. It's like, man, you know, like that, that, those are the wrong you know, battles. You know, to have the, to fight. the irony of that was, um, you know, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is purely my assumption. Um, I assumed when I read that part, when they were talking about the conservative activists that fought to get Clarence Thomas, you know, <laughs> recognized uh -huh. by the African American History Museum. I thought, uh -huh. I bet a majority of those were were white conservatives. And, and hey, man, said, you got Tim Scott, man. It could be Tim Scott, <laughs> or you know, well, it could be Ken Blackwell. You know, there's so you, a few. You, you got two guys, so I'll assume the others. Were, <laughs> hey, no, that's that, plural. That was, hey, that, that could be two. The, um, it could be act, all I need is two for activists. No, plural. I know, that, but that was kind of the irony of me. I thought, well, the irony of life here that it probably was a majority of white. Um, um, kind of uh, supporters that got him into the African American Museum. So it's kind of just the, <laughs> the irony of the whole thing. That's why. So, hey. but um, but I agree. Hey, with you. Man, I mean, where, wherever like, your allies come from, man, that's yeah. that's, that's fine. I mean, because the, their their point is valid. You know, like no, it is a valid point. He should not be excluded. I mean, I think that's the the conclusion. Yeah, I mean, again, even if. You, you want to, you disagree with him and you want to use it as a teaching lesson. You shouldn't just be blacking him out, canceling him out. Like it needs to be, he needs to be there, you know, because he is a part of it. or not. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. So, well, no, we'll, we definitely appreciate everybody joining us this week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll close this one up for now. Those were, uh, you know, it was kind of internet centric, you know, as far as the first two. But this one, you know, we glad we got to touch on something, you know, just to, to mention Black History Month. So, Tune Day, happy Black History Month to you. I hope you yeah. um, were able to learn something new, te teach the young ones something new. And, um, you know, I, oh, that's always an effort to make. But until next time, I'm James Keys. I'm Tune Day Romana. All right, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you for joining us.